0: The Comedy Zone podcast is a member of the Queen City Podcast Network, powered by Ortho Carolina. Now offering video visits so you can take control of your orthopedic care from the comfort of your home. Schedule online at OrthoCarolina.com. OrthoCarolina, you improved.
1: From Charlotte, North Carolina, this is the Comedy Zone podcast. Find us on Twitter at the CZ Podcast. Email us at ComedyZonePodcast at gmail.com. Now, your host, Jason Allen King.
2: Welcome to the Comedy Zone podcast for the week of June 3rd. We're already in June. Wow. I'm your host, Jason Allen King. Thank you for tuning in. Um, I say this a lot, but it's true. We have an amazing show this week. It's a humdinger, actually. I don't, I don't never say humdinger, actually. Uh, but it is, uh, it's a great, it's a very special show. But before we get into that, I'm going to bring in uh, the man behind the curtain, pulling all the levers, making it happen, Brian Balteshevitz. How are you, buddy? Jason, I'm well. How are you, sir? Man, I'm on top of the world. I'm having a great week. How about you?
3: Uh, it's well. It's it's as we record this. It's Tuesday, but it's it's felt very Monday. Yeah, because of the holiday. Yes. So it's, I don't even know what day it is.
2: Absolutely, yeah. But that doesn't matter. That doesn't even matter. <laughs>
3: we are live
2: in person at the uh, Queen City Podcast Network and the uh, the Advent Co working space. It's kind of fun to see to see all of us together and in, in, in person. But we want to talk about the significance of this particular episode. Uh, Brian, because you were part of all this, you say, you tell tell everybody what, what we're here for.
3: Sure. So as we all know, the globe knows a year uh, and a half ago, almost, the the world shut down. Yes. Everything kind of came to an end. COVID-19 pandemic kind of put a stop to everything. And and we all kind of thought, you know what? Six weeks, it'll be over. Right. Everything will be just fine. Everyone will do the right thing. Make good decisions. We'll be, we'll be all right. Well, it turns out that wasn't the case. And, you know, a lot of businesses struggled Mm -hmm. over the course of the last um, year and a half or so. And that includes our own uh, Comedy Zone here in Charlotte. And, you know, the doors shut. Comedy Zone had to figure out what to do next, what the future was going to look like. And uh, we're going to find out kind of what that process was and what the future does look like for the Comedy Zone. Oh, I'm, I'm so excited, excited. so Very excited. Sad. And there's
2: a, this is a momentous occasion. Our 300th episode. That's right. On the uh, the Comedy Zone podcast, there was a lot of iterations of this, and I'm glad to be in the you know uh, in the same sort of uh, sentence as the great Will Jacobs, uh, Sammy Joe Francis, Spencer Taylor. Glad to be holding the reins for a little while, uh, and I appreciate that. Now. We have a few guests on the show, and I say these are gets, right? This is like the all-time get to get these people in the room at the same time. (laughs) <laughs> the reason we have 300 episodes we were able to do this is because we have the owner of the Comedy Zone Brian Heffren, Heff is in the room. Uh, he's been the owner of the Comedy Zone for I think over 30 years. Frankly he's responsible for bringing comedy to Charlotte. He's the architect and he has done so many things uh, and one thing in particular it's always worth mentioning is uh, he teamed up with the Susan G. Komen organization to start uh, Laugh for the Cure which has raised over 1.5 million dollars for breast cancer and uh, he's a creative businessman. He's a new farmer. He's an all-around good guy to have in your corner. Welcome back to the show, Hef. Thank you, Jason. I'm glad to be here. Uh, absolutely. It's amazing. Also with us is the incomparable Len Cure is here. Uh, he's been partnering with uh, Hef in the Comedy Zone and East Coast Entertainment now for the last 20 years, booking clubs across the country week in and week out. It's a staggering feat, and he does it with a smile on his face. Look at him. And this is the first time on the show, right? That is true. Oh, my God. Len Cure is here. That's it's awesome to have you, man. Thank, thank you, thank Jason. You. Appreciate that. Also with us, uh, last but not least, the GM of the Comedy Zone here in Charlotte, Ted Gard, this club has a reputation of being one of the best in the country. I hear it all the time, and, and that is, uh, you know, and great thanks to you and your tireless efforts over there. So thanks for being here, Ted. Thank you, guys.
4: We'll
2: right.
1: I'd like to amend Ted's introduction. <laughs> okay. Uh-oh. And you, you get the first scoop, of oh. everyone. that uh, Ted is now a partner in the Comedy Zone. No kidding. Not just Whoa. the GM.
2: That so he is, is, is
1: now a managing partner.
2: No, con- congratulations, true. man. That's amazing. Congrats, Ted. Thank you. Um, uh, that's like, I'm not at all surprised. I think it's a smart business decision, if I may say. Congratulations, buddy. Glad glad that's happening. Thank you. Excellent. Now that's all the time we had, so thanks for listening, everybody. Awesome. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, we were just uh, chatting and uh, talking about texts and stuff like that, that that we had, you know, had a year ago, a little more than a year ago. Now, you know, the club's reopening next weekend. That's the light at the end of a very long tunnel. And, and, but let's start with the dark stuff. There's so much experience in this room, decades of experience in entertainment, running clubs and restaurants, and then everything shut down a year ago, right? That had to be devastating. Like, had, had any, you guys seen anything like that before? Is there anything you
1: could compare it to? No, it was beyond unique. I think there was a sense of, in the beginning, a sense of denial that this would just be another crisis that we would have to navigate. We've certainly navigated our share between 9-11, which was brutal on our in- industry. 08 crash was pretty good. Hurricanes. Uh, hurricanes have always, dev- you know, being a primarily southeast company, right. uh, you know, the occasional snowstorm, but nope, nothing even <laughs> in close to this category.
2: Yeah, I guess on an end indi- like you said, hurricanes, like on an individual club sort of thing or, or a handful of clubs or whatever, but not just... Across the board, everything closing mm-hmm. down. So uh, the days leading up, like was what was that conversation like? Like internally between, you know, East Coast Entertainment, specifically you guys? I mean, what does that conversation look
1: like? It happened fast. It did. Yeah. I mean, I can tell you we had Arnez J at the club, sold out five shows, and I don't think there was a conversation about the pandemic mm-hmm. until early that next week. But I can tell you, Lonnie Love was the next week. She She flew in on Thursday and flew out Friday morning because literally Uh things started to snowball that Thursday night. You know, I'm on the phone with all of my friends around the country, Improvs, Funny Bones, what are we doing? What are you doing? And then by Friday, it was over. And so I dragged all you guys into the conference room and said, I don't remember what I said, but I said, like, buckle up. Yeah, we
0: went from making jokes about it Right. And, then, <laughs> and then we're like, nobody coming into the
1: work anymore. I'm like,
0: okay, thanks. Yeah, I mean that's how <laughs> guys grab your stuff. Yeah,
1: we won't wow. be seeing each other for a while. Here's the plan. You know, at that point we were facing you know hundreds of cancellations, if not thousands, rearranging schedules, deposits, right. flights. I mean, it was Contract. crisis full, full yeah. crisis mode at that point.
2: That makes sense. So we've had a number of people on. We talk about there's like this week period where we were doing shows and then all of a sudden you started getting all these emails and phone calls and texts, like this show's canceled, like three months down the road shows are being canceled. And, and that, that, ro- that room that you guys were in were the ones making that decision and making yeah. those
1: calls. Like how- we're, we're taking the cues from live nation, the right? NBA, major league baseball. I mean, they, they all went down in the right, right at the same time. Yeah. So I'm thinking if the NBA has made a, a such a dramatic decision They know something. Remember I kept telling you, I go, these guys know a lot more than we know. Well, I don't even remember half.
0: Syracuse was playing ACC tournament in Greensboro. That's right. And they started playing the game, and then they stopped. That's how Oh my gosh, and really? And, and we're both huge Syracuse fans. I'm like, wow. this is huge. They just stopped the game and now we're not going to play anymore.
1: And now we're and not going to. The gonna... media's not giving you a ton. Yeah. So right. I'm taking cues from big entertainment companies because I figure they're talking to the government. They're, yeah. And I'm going, you cancel the NCAA March Madness, the amount of dough that's on the table, something's getting very serious. Yeah. And I remember the, the weight of that hitting me going, all right, what can we do? First of all, right. what are our options? The idea was to keep the staffs at the time. If you guys remember, yeah. Brian yeah. was in the room. We we tried to do live show that following week. I think we had a lot of fun with it, but I think it was more because we thought there's no way this could last more than yeah. three or right. four weeks. Right. And then Brian said the week after, I'm starting to feel uncomfortable around people, even though we're all spread out. Uh, yeah. I was feeling the same way. So we mm-hmm. killed that and moved over to a, uh, more virtual type thing, but it was all designed. We were giving a hundred percent of the money back to the staff because we figured, well, we got to keep them afloat yeah. until right. this comes back together. Little did we know.
2: Yeah. I mean, little, I mean, we, we were talking about a couple weeks and now, I mean, it's a year later, even, even six weeks in, I was like, well, it'd only be a couple more weeks. Yeah. Like there was, right. I don't ever remember a moment going, well, this is just, what, what do had, we do?
1: I had Brian Regan booked the work first week of August and I was telling people, like, I think we'll be open in June, certainly maybe July, most likely July, but I can tell you right now, we'll be open for Brian Reed, come hell or high water. Right. <laughs> <You>
2: know, <laughs> that was the plan. And then high that water. Was the plan. Right. Yeah.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Then high right. water. Yeah.
2: Cause I had, and one of the questions I want to ask was, did, you know, were you guys talking to other club owners, like, you know, like Zanies or, you know, across the country. Now you've answered that. Not only that, but you're taking cues. You're seeing red flags from these like even bigger organizations. Mm -hmm. And I mean, at what point did you, did you think it's going to be a year or did you even ever get there? Was there just, it was just, you just kept pushing the goal?
1: September was very realistic. October was, I I guess towards the end of the year, it started to settle in that this is going to, some of that hope had gone away. Well, especially from my point of view
0: too, because I'm booking the other clubs around the country, yeah. and so each city, each state are doing different things. So Florida's closed yeah. for a month, and then they started slowly rolling stuff out. So then I started booking Florida again, yeah, right? And then, yeah. and then Pennsylvania was nothing. Then they came back on, and then they went off again. And then Georgia and South Carolina, and so everything was completely different. So I'm doing you know <laughs> full bookings in some places and. <laughs> Some clubs are like, I think we're done forever. Mm-hmm. So that was really, really hard. I, I bet, yeah. The state-by-state state kind of stuff.
2: Yeah, there was no consistency, right, mm-hmm. uh, across, across mm-hmm. the board. For whatever reason, that's a whole other conversation. But, yeah, I mean, what uh, f- what do you do? Again, do you take cues from, from places in Florida and kind of just follow suit and do what they're doing? Was there ever a time where it was like, this isn't advantageous for us to to do this? Kind of what you just explained. Is right. there a time where it was like, you know what, we're just going to you know not do it, or was it... No, you got not, to plug no. in we're, wherever you could.
0: We just for that time we loved Florida. Yeah, yeah right? Florida was Florida, open to go,
1: ready Florida to go, was, was and so we some booking, bills. Yeah, we were. And also clubs. the there was uh, two camps starting to develop of comedians. Like, you know, I'm not leaving yeah. the house, and I don't care. Put me on the road. I've got right. to go. And so we were we were you know having a lot of discussions about safety. We were having a lot of discussions about the brand. You know, this is a brand that I built over three decades. You don't want to end up on the paper as being the one who was uh, irresponsible with right. crowds. You know, there was a lot of talk about safety for the employees was, a you know, enormous amounts of mm-hmm. conversation. Like I, I would not. I, we were not comfortable putting yeah. our employees, you know, in front of even small crowds at right. that time. So all of those conversations, and it changed daily, and mm-hmm. the capacities changed. Right. And, then, and then they would reclose, and then Len would call and say, everybody in this state just closed again. Remember, they would spike yeah. and close yeah. back up. And so everybody gets canceled and moved. It was a blur. I mean, I definitely think there was some um, survival skills and some self-preservation things that kicked in yeah. for all
2: of us. So that I, I, I've got kind of a two-edged sort of question here. You working in the in, in the restaurant business before you get getting into comedy, were you communicating with, I'm talking to Ted, by the way, <laughs> were you communicating with anybody from other places that you had been working at before friends in the business. I know you have a lot of friends there.
4: Some, I was talking to a few people, but most places were closed down or trying to figure out what they were going to do. If they were going to do takeout or, you know, trying to figure out the, uh, to go liquor drinks and all that stuff. And yeah, you know, some places opened up with limited capacity. Some people were just doing patios, but most places, a lot of places just disappeared. Yeah. And a lot of people disappeared. There are people that I haven't talked to in a year, year and a half. Just gone. I don't know what they're doing. Wow.
2: Yeah. I mean, that's scary. I mean, you know, we're going to be coming out the other side of this and are people going to be coming back? You know, the, the other side of the question I want to ask uh, Len was, man, that, that has to be kind of crushing. I would be curious, like, can you describe some of the conversations or communications, emails, whatever, with some comedians, especially the ones who are full-time and didn't have another source of income? I mean, some of those had to be pretty awful, pretty hard. It was really awful. because.
0: They of course always were like, when is it going to go? When is it going to open? And yeah. I'm like, I have no idea. And then right. what Hef was saying too is we always made it their choice. I'm not making right. you go to this gig if you don't feel comfortable. And there's a lot of comedians just like Ted was saying. We I, I haven't talked to a bunch of comedians because I think they just quit the business yeah. because wow. they you know weren't getting work. And now I still think they don't feel comfortable some places. So yeah, no, yeah. those are very tough. But I took them case by case, and right. if a comic didn't want to do it. I was like, "Tell me right from the beginning. I'm totally fine with it." And when you do feel fine, shoot me an email, and we'll start working you back in again. Right. And so that's really how it went. It was just, but
1: yeah. So that's all they did. And I was like, I don't have any work. It was heartbreaking yeah. because we fig- we feel Man. like the comedy's own family. I mean, they're talking about decades of people working for us. I mean, a yeah. lot, dozens and dozens, if not hundreds. You know what their situation is. They're they're two weeks away from being in big trouble financially. Yeah. Everybody's trying to get to the same goal. It's the entertainment business. It's not pretty sometimes. Sometimes you got to slog for twenty years until you get your moment. Sometimes you don't get your moment. And we know these people, and we know what they go through, and we know what their families. And we had a lot of people in it. You know, one time we were talking about large scale lending and all that. Yeah. And and you know, then at some point you go, Well, I've gotta save these, you know, the stuff I own, or we're gonna go down the tubes and nobody's gonna have any stages to play. Right. But the biggest thing was that was heartbreaking to me and Len got a lot more of it was if it goes till next month, I'm done.
0: Yeah. Like I'm I'm homeless.
1: I'm homeless. And I'm like, you know, you're not, you're coming here and but at some point you're just like the whole dynamic started to collapse like a house of cards yeah and no matter how much you want to you can't be there for 150 people right right and and it was heartbreaking beyond heartbreaking
2: yeah cuz this isn't the you've got two two sides of this you've got you know your your servers and your back of the house workers we'll say right. who i think you know a lot of a lot of them a lot of us are working paycheck to paycheck and Absolutely. then you've got comedians who are You know what? This is a struggle. It's always a struggle. It's never not a struggle. We'll put it like that. What being a comedian is. Yeah. Uh, yeah. So you've got this. They're fighting with this survival and this passion that are totally at odds in these moments. And I think we're going to be hearing stories about these these comics and these people in the situation for years. Um, And
1: dealing with the the other side of the business, which I deal with, you know, the, the very very successful ones. I was getting personal phone calls from comedians saying, "I'll come in." Just give me half the door and I'll perform for 20 people. Even though they're rich, they lead rich lifestyles. Yeah, right. So, you know, they were pushing out on the road too quick. If you guys remember, do you remember D.L. Hughley fell out on stage right. in Zanies yeah, right. Yeah. with COVID and it just sent a shockwave? Because I yeah. think you that's when you and I were like, this is crazy. We yeah. cannot put everybody in these situations mm-hmm. no matter how much people want to work or how much they say they don't care or this and that. I mean- at that point, we thought, you know, the world was ending. I, yeah. I did. I was like, you know, if, T, if DL's falling, you know, he's got videotape of him falling. It was like constantly. the worst thing for comedy. Like, oh. It was awful. Yeah. yeah, And then the way that they were like, okay, he, you know, had a high blood sugar spike and then, and then it came out the next day, the owner called me and we were talking he's like, it was COVID. I'm like, oh shit. Yeah. Yeah. Wow.
2: Yeah. And then that calls into question moral obligations. Totally. Yeah, totally. And, and I have I had one of my questions was, is there a darkest hour moment and I kind of sounds like we might have just hit on it right there as far as that shockwave and letting everybody know. I
0: think that, that now that you said it, Half, that DL thing that was, was really bad because I remember watching it on TV and I think obviously we were talking on the phone and you were like, that's the last thing comedy needs right now is for everyone to see it. So now they got a face on it, that whole room, they were going to do contact to contact t- tracing, mm-hmm. the whole. And so we were like, oh my God, this is, this is horrible. Yeah. I, that's actually, I think, probably when I thought, it might not come back.
1: Yeah. Right. I, I don't specifically remember a moment, Jason. And I just remember the entirety of the summer pretty much was 12 hours a day of crisis. So I can't remember yeah. what I was doing. I just know that much like in a natural disaster, you got to, like, figure it out. Like, you got to, you know, grab who you can grab. You got to get a plan. And that's all I was doing forever. I mean, just as long as I got, It was all a blur. I. I yeah, because I, I, you know, a lot of people,
2: for, I think, forget that we're not just talking about the club here in Charlotte. We're talking about 50 clubs, yeah. you know what I mean, and, and all the employees there and all the mm-hmm. comics and, and just the sheer magnitude of that infor- that amount of communication that's necessary right yes. there. I got to be honest. I don't know how you guys did. I, I wasn't kidding when I said it's an impressive feat that you book it on, on a sunny day when everything's normal. Right. The idea of having to... Remove the bookings, add the book. There's some money in contract. Oh, That's it, so- was,
1: it, it was extraordinary amount of logistic. Great communication helped. We stayed in massive communication. We all, as, as we all did, learned Zoom and learned you know, Teams right. and, and conference calls all day. And 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 not only that, you didn't know when we were coming back. So we were getting a lot of heat from the bigger acts to go, just move me back a month. right. I can't afford to be off the books right now. It's moving. So you move them back a month, you get to the public, and you say, OK, we're moving your ticket over here. And then you have X amount of pre-sales that are already out there, so you're refunding hundreds of thousands of dollars in tickets yeah. and trying to just logistically pull all that off. And it was just one one. One four top at a time. What do you want to move? Do you want your money back? And just keep plots, yeah, plotting yeah. through. Because there's other logistics to it, right?
2: I mean, Ted, you could probably speak to this. At what point do the the place where you're getting your alcohol from do they say, well, we're not, we can't provide it anymore? <laughs> I don't have anybody to to literally put it over there. You know,
4: there's still that issue. Yep, the really? ABC they don't have things in stock right now. Mm-hmm. So really, places are still having issues getting stock in. Yep,
1: yeah. No, the the actual commerce part of business, which I love so much, collapsed. Yeah. You know, like you said, there's so many issues that it, there was, it wasn't a day where I was like, oh, I forgot about that, you know, insurance, yeah. you know, and, and, <laughs> and, and how is insurance going to be written now? And if somebody gets COVID in my place, are they going to yeah. sue me? And if yeah, they are... Why am I not amending my insurance policy? And then insurance turns around and says, "Well, we can't do that after the fact." And I said, "Well, I'm exposed." And they said, "Well, you got to take," and it's just hours and hours of communication about the what ifs in the world. Yeah, you know, if you can say I got COVID at your club, and I think you know, and then your waitress tests positive, and and the next thing I yeah. you know, I'm on the front page and getting fried in court, and I'm like, I was, "It was horrifying."
2: <laughs> yeah, I bet,
1: I bet you lost a
2: lot of s- sleep. I'm sure. Now, this is all you know, kind of dark stuff. Was there a, a shining moment? Was there an experience with somebody, uh, Len, that you were like, ah, "This this person is kind of knocking it out of the park. They're they're going above and beyond." Or, you know, I'm kind of putting you on the spot. I mean, like a comedian or yeah, somebody, kind of comedian, someone in the community. I mean, to me, what you guys did, and I don't, I'm not just like Bone Smoke. What you guys did, and in wrangling and having this communication and, and sort of doing this and being in communication with the comic, so that they know that you know they could still make a phone call to know that people are still trying to to make I'd it say work.
0: That's really the thing. I can't think of like one person, but the one thing I will say we all did really well is I think the comic wanted to make sure that there was someone taking their call or email. Right. Mm-hmm. So I made sure, even if it was like I don't know yet but keep emailing me. Right. I'm not booking you because I'm just going to have to cancel you, but I'm still here. Right. I think that was the really big thing that at least their email was going somewhere and someone was answering. Right. Because I think if it went to me or to Hef or Ted or Joel, if that happened and nobody answered, then it was going to be a little bit of panic. Yeah. I mean, yeah. yeah that. So yeah, we, we a really made sure,
1: yeah, made sure to answer Everything. There needed to be a friendly voice out yeah, there. Yeah. Somebody that said, I don't know what's going on, but I, I just know that, you know, we're here. We're not going anywhere. You know, you're bringing back a lot of memories yeah, I yeah, thought about yeah, it in a while. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's wild. Yeah.
2: I mean, Ted, I, I have to assume that, you know, some of our friends, Stacy, and, and folks like that, the club, they had, I mean, I, it's heartbreaking to think about because I, you know, yeah. communicated with some of them. I'm sure you were getting.
4: And it was tough having to. Constantly push back our opening because you yeah. know I would say we're shooting for this date, yeah. and then we're getting a week out, and I'm like, I don't think we're going to make it, so we're going to push it back to this, and we're going to shoot for that, and then we'd get to that and have to push it back again, and I mean we did that oh. for a year, yeah, a year and a half,
2: yeah, and that that I'm sure that kind of wore a lot of people down, but it was yeah. still the it's still you know Monday morning quarterback still seems like it was the right move as you're saying being a friendly voice, being somebody there to say listen you know, things, we're all playing this, uh, you know, off the cuff here. So, uh, and I'm sure that people appreciated that, you know, Absolutely. um, you guys always took my call, which I appreciate that. And we, we were still able to do the podcast, which again, looking back on it was for my sanity, still getting to go and be a comic, even though right. I'm not doing stand up right. You know, uh, it was a huge deal. So I appreciate, uh, I appreciate that. Another bright spot. I mean, and maybe we can get to this uh, after a break, but because everyone's sort of kind of breathing a sigh of relief right now, at what point did did the did it l- like loosen up a little bit? The vaccinations were coming out. Like I know it was kind of springtime or whatever. But was there ever a moment where it went from being that anxiety twelve hours a day to you just were able to sit back in your chair for a
1: minute? Once. I, For me personally, once they started going in the arms, the shots started going in, I knew yeah. we were going to get out of it. Absolutely. It was just a matter of time. If you guys remember in January, they were kind of shooting for herd immunity around June, July. Mm-hmm. So I said, you know, it may take another six or seven months, but we're going to get out of this. Up until then, I couldn't, have pro- I couldn't have said anything confidently. But, you know, fortunately, they, they were able to pick, Once they started picking up the steam and I started seeing the numbers and, mm-hmm. you know, you see this. A concert announcement from Live Nation, or something like that, mm-hmm. or you know, a, you know, a Billy Joel reschedules a big show, and all those moments started to to add up to we're going to make it. Like you start looking at your finances. I mean, let's not forget the rent is due every month, the taxes <laughs> yeah. are due every month, the utilities are due every month. You know, your you know, your email. I mean, there's just piles of bills that were there every month, so you're constantly having to battle the financial question. And at that point, I said, you know, even if we got to lend them, keep lending the club money, it's going to end, because he didn't yeah. know in December. In I didn't, you know, mm-hmm. November with the with the crazy uh, election, and it was a very chaotic time. Yeah, and I it think was too, that
2: chaos did not help. No, like, it, it, it was. It had yeah. just just exacerbated every anxiety, every fear that there was. Just again, I'm not I'm not interested in pointing you know fingers, but it was just a rough it really uh, was a and rough it thing been, to
1: watch. As being the leader, you know, it's important to me that people see steadiness. You know, yeah. and I think that I probably confided with these two guys in the room a couple of times that I'm not as steady as I wish I was, but I yeah. have to. You know, you have to show some type of specific action that people can follow you behind. And I can tell you there was nights when I was like, oh, boy, yeah. how do I, you know, what if this thing whole tumbles, like, what do we all do, yeah. <laughs> you know? And and I think January was when yeah, I, I started Yeah, once the vaccine breathing. started, yeah. I kind of felt, okay, I think we really turned a corner. And then they start with the news starts with that, well, there's a variant.
2: Yeah. And I said, well, once yeah.
1: that variant jumps outside of the vaccine... Are we starting are we, all this over yeah, again? Right, yeah, right, right. And then it was, you know, Italy's got hot again. And, you know, so those were there was moments, but I just knew, first of all, regardless of how how the world was going, the, the United States of America couldn't stay closed for too much longer. Right. Like, it just wouldn't exist as a, as a functioning society. Yeah. So I was like, at some point, they are got to figure something out, whether we were... I mean, helmets the rest of our lives or something. <laughs>
2: the permanent mask. Yeah. Well, this is a, a, a. You bring up a good point because uh, one of the questions I wanted to ask was: has damage has damage been done to comedy? Or do you anticipate any significant changes to how comedy is done moving forward? How stand up specifically, clubs like, is there something? Is there is there damage
1: done? I think it was a good time for all of us to look at our businesses from a lot of different angles. I'm I'm very close with the improv owners and. And the funny bone owners and zanies, and we we talked a lot about just having a you know you this is my thirtieth year, and so you 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 go hundred miles an hour, and sometimes you don't take a, a breather, and so yeah, reexamining how we do things and reexamining anything that you said, well, that's just the way we do it, needed to be looked at, and this was the yeah. opportunity to do it, sure. and we've we've made some significant changes going forward. You know, because we had this pause, but I yeah. don't think the pause itself is creating th- anything different. You know, we're going to strive to put on great comedy, and make people happy. So maybe, maybe an efficiency for uh, sure. Re, right. You know, reevaluating efficiency sure, and all right. these things. And, yeah. and technology's catching up, and and so maybe we've been behind on a couple things. And you're, and you know, as younger people turn twenty-one and go to clubs, they, you know, their version of the world is different than a fifty-three-year-old. Mm-hmm. And so I need to to take this time to a learn it myself and b or be open to change.
2: Right. So I was going to ask that is the, the is there an opportunity now? Yes. Have we you know like you said you've exposed some things, so maybe there's an opportunity to. I mean, efficiency's got got to be forefront. I would think. Yes, um, certainly.
1: Efficiency. The use of um, technology has changed yeah. and is continuing to change. A lot of people had a good COVID in our business. Mm-hmm. I was going to say, there's, there's some comedians that weren't taking work because they were
0: making a decent living, not working. Right. So it was really hard for me to do a booking and I just can't do it right now. It doesn't make any sense for me. Mm -hmm. So the big change, especially in what I do and me and have talked about this, I think it's really going to start to become regionalized. Mm -hmm. So it's Mm going to be parts of the country I'm going to work this part of the country now, and that's where I'm going to work. So right. the days of someone driving 15 hours for a feature gig is probably not going to happen much anymore.
1: Got it, got There's it. a lot more inventory. There's an extraordinary amount of comedians now. I mean, right, a, an extraordinary percentage jump in the last 15 years. And what that has created is you don't have to leave. Yeah, You, you can get work in your region and stay around. And you're always getting those brewery gigs and things like that. So you're working out the scenes that may have been more of an open mic scene now have a couple of dozen real comedians in them because they're working every night.
4: Yeah, there are more mm. opportunities. There are more opportunities.
1: Right, right. You know, it used yeah. to be you can only work out at our club, and so I think that's a wonderful thing for our for our industry. And and but like Len said, the idea that you're going to go on the road for a month is probably changing rapidly. Mm. And you know, we're just going to be calling people from. From whatever scene because there's so much inventory I can pull from now interesting yeah I guess
2: I can see that being good for everybody I mean I get more opportunities always going to be that's the best
1: and there's people that had a really good COVID from a marketing standpoint so there's a lot of people that up their YouTube or their social media game get garnered a lot of followers because everybody was home you know the people like Trey Kennedy the people like Andrew Schulz J.P. Sears, these are people that have used COVID to explode their career opportunities. They became a voice of X, Y, or Z throughout the COVID. People relied on them coming out of it. They're doing theaters now.
2: Right. Wow. So do you think that there now is uh, is a greater appetite for for comedy, stand-up specifically?
1: Well, I've been asked that question a few times, and I I don't want to give the standard answer that everybody's just pent up and whatnot of. I think that goes without saying, you know, we came out of the nineteen eighteen pandemic and into the roaring twenties. You know, right. are we gonna see something like that? Everybody seems to feel that way. Our demand right now in the clubs is through the roof. I think we all want to go see a rock concert or a concert. Yeah, sure. yeah I, I I gotta believe that I think a lot of people, including myself, took a little pause and said, All right, what is what what do you value in life now? What's important? What right. is important and a lot of people are saying, you know, connectivity with friends and family, entertainment, art is, is high on the list now and maybe not so much grinding away in a, in a cubicle 12 hours a day or whatever. You said it. So that, I think that that is going to benefit us and I think it's coinciding with this incredible comedy boom we have cross our fingers because we have a big renovation to pay for <laughs> yeah. uh we, we are we are we are excited we're, we're bullish that is uh that's super
2: exciting i think i i we've kind of talked about it on the show that yeah when you take away some things the idea of going out to eat would not have been something that i would have ever thought would have been so important now i'm constantly going out to eat every opportunity i that's not, i'm not a foodie i'm okay. not, that's not who i am and uh, the idea of going and being surrounded by people is something that, that I really enjoy. But this is a good time. We're gonna take a break. If, uh, as always, if you guys want to, you know, see the full schedule of shows that are going to be coming up and events, go to cltcomedyzone.com, and we'll be right back. At Ortho Carolina, my personalized orthopedic care doesn't have to wait because after hours, urgent care knows accidents happen.
0: Ortho Carolina, my care, my way. Schedule your appointment today at orthocarolina.com.
1: Get ready. Broadway is returning to Charlotte. Blumenthal Performing Arts has an incredible selection of upcoming hits, including the returns of Hamilton and Wicked plus the long awaited charlotte debut of disney's frozen and many more fan favorite musicals and plays season tickets are on sale now at bloomwoodhallarts.org/bpa broadway
0: wash your hands avoid sick people and touching your face there are everyday actions to help prevent the spread of respiratory diseases visit cdc.gov/covid19 brought to you by the national association of broadcasters and this station
1: at Ortho Carolina, my personalized orthopedic care feels like home because video visits bring my provider to me. Ortho Carolina, my care, my way.
0: Schedule your appointment today at orthocarolina.com.
2: Welcome back, everyone, to the Comedy Zone podcast. We are Talking Shop with Hef, uh, Len Cure, and uh, Ted Garvin about comedy in the time of covid and now, the post apocalyptic uh, world that we're in now, where the, the sun is, uh, seems a little brighter, colors are a little brighter, and uh, we've got things to look forward to. One thing in particular that I'm uh, excited to talk about is uh, the Comedies of Charlotte will be opening two weeks out. Is that right? <laughs>
0: <laughs> Go ahead, huh?
2: Theoretically, Thursday. Uh, next Thursday? Next week from Thursday. Thursday. <laughs> <laughs> the the pause and the looks on everyone's faces. Uh, we've been talking about how uh, pushing these dates back has been a an ongoing thing, but we're excited about that opening, and and we know that there are some changes coming. Anybody want to kind of open that up? I, I, is this a surprise, or can we talk about some of the things that have been going? No, I think there?
1: it's I think it's uh, again you you got you'll get the scoop. But club's eleven years old in its current location. When I first designed this club, I had a very very specific. Feel for I wanted it at a comic-driven club. Um, my good friend DL Hughley and I spoke at length about what the perfect club is, and and it always comes down to intimacy, and it always comes down to low ceilings, and it always comes down to good sound, and and so that I feel like we accomplished that. But me being, I, I've always loved the speakeasy concept, the the basement, the kind of you know grungy, if you will, and and. You know, maybe that's the New Yorker in me. Maybe that's just something that I loved. I, I always felt like I, I loved people when they walked into our room and go, where did this, whoa, where did this thing come from? And I think it's run its course, the speakeasy version of our club. And so we have decided to build a much more what we're going to call Vegas version. And it's going to be flashy. And it's going to be Vegasy And it's going to be new colors. And the laundry list is real simple. Everything is going to be changed and is in the no process kidding. of being changed. Um, I'm kind of knocked out right now.
2: I didn't, I, that's not, I thought it was going to be like, ah, we got, we painted the walls and some new the carpet, floors, a couple right, chairs right. are new, you know, that kind of no, thing. Everything
1: Where? in there. All that and more. All that and more is no being changed. Kidding. Every single thing. There's even uh, some new. Flow patterns. There's for all the people who sat in the bowl and then in their lifetime there is carpet down
2: there. <laughs> <laughs> oh my gosh! I finally
1: <laughs> submitted. So we have a whole new stage for you, Jason. Really? We have a new yep. backdrop going in that's going to blow your mind. Uh, giant video walls. It, it, it's going to be exciting. It's very exciting. We were there most of the day today, and just it, you, you know, as long as I've been in it, I still get. I'm really fired up to get to, to show it off.
4: Yeah. Yeah, I it's bet. It's going to be amazing.
2: You've been spending, you know, it sounds like weeks there of kind of getting things. I mean, how do you restart that engine? I mean, this Ugh. is like you said it's 11 years worth of it. Hmm?
4: It's not easy. I bet I bet it's not. <laughs> not <at all. laughs> uh
2: what what was the what was the process? You get the gang back together and you be like uh, meet me here or was it just meeting vendors there? Like, what does that even look like to, to start going? Because we were just talking about how you were enjoying all this time with your family, and uh, that's just out the window now. Ted's back, window. back on the job.
4: <laughs> I don't know how it started. Just talking to Huff and what we could do to make things better. You know, we yeah. had all this time and want people to come back in and be like, wow.
1: Yeah. New right. menus, new items, new way of thinking, new ticketing system. Really? New website. Uh, new website. new. And when I say new, I just think you need to jump ahead again every once in a while, you know. Right. And, and instead of just saying let's keep up with the Joneses, let's get ahead and, and use everything that we know around the country. Is take a little bit from everywhere that's where somebody's doing something innovative. You know, people in their twenties and thirties they look at the world differently, and, and we needed to uh, build a club that accommodates them, and, and, right. and not so much what I was used to for so many years. So. Embraced so, it.
2: Yeah, I'm saying. So you took a. You know, this is what we were talking. You know, when we were getting off from the first break, there is that taking. This is an opportunity to make things better, to change how how we're we're making decisions and That's things like truth. that.
1: And we're praying that all of you will become so, so we can pay this stuff off. <laughs> <laughs> this is a gamble. Wait, this costs money. Oh, this this wait, nobody's anything about um, money. <laughs> you know, uh, but I'm very excited, and and I think there won't be anything uh, one square inch of that club that you won't see different. Okay. No mm-hmm.
2: yeah. uh, will, will there be changes in sort of the weekly format of what shows is it going to be Thursday, Friday? And I'm, you know, just swinging here. You don't have to.
1: We are sticking with the same Thursday, Friday, Saturday format mm-hmm. for the, the top headliners. But I think you're going to see a whole hell of a lot more Tuesdays and Sundays yeah. and Wednesdays with. Touring acts that can sell out one night, but maybe not a weekend. Being open much more to, you know, social media people, YouTubers, podcasts. Um, really just push the limits of entertainment in that room beyond yeah. just here's a headliner, a feature, an MC. Right. You know, brunch shows. Yeah, you bring up podcasts. I mean, that's becoming very popular, uh, people doing live
2: podcasts on right, places. Yeah. That would be yeah. kind of exciting. Yeah, right?
1: we have several for the festival this year. Excellent. Excellent.
2: Yeah, that, that can, that's probably going to be a big push for the festival, getting people in, in there. There's a headliner that's attached to the festival this year.
1: Nicky yeah. Glazer. Nicky
2: Glazer. I mean, you don't get much bigger than that. That's, that's pretty exciting. Yeah. Do uh, any of the people that are coming that, that we should know about? I mean, I, we can all, you know, go, always go to the, to the event calendar. I know uh, Ali Sadiq is...
1: One of the best comedians you'll ever see. Ever. He, he will be a massive okay. star and whoever comes and sees him next week will say, I saw him win. I'm excited that we got Andrew Schultz um, certainly, a, a theater act who has chosen to do our club. I feel honored, and and we have Damon Wayans, Damon Wayans. also, like the Damon yeah, Wayans. Yeah, that's great. And and it just doesn't get any more exciting. Say, so,
2: yeah, it's been a minute since I think he since he's been around. Yeah,
1: yeah, doesn't do a whole lot. I can tell you, the last time he was here, and God knows how many years ago it was, but he's the only person I've ever seen to get seven straight standing ovations. <laughs> that's and, right. I mean, he's that good. Wow,
2: well, Ted. As far as some of these such. <laughs> Look at her face. Uh, some of these changes are coming. Is, do we expect change in, in sort of staff and things that are happening there? Oh, is certainly,
4: that, there'll be new people coming in. Yeah. Yeah, not everybody that was in here before is coming back.
2: Really? That's a bit of a sad thing, but... Uh, I couldn't wait a year and a half. Yeah. Some people had to move on. <laughs> really? That's That yeah. sounds very selfish, actually.
1: <laughs> yeah. I to think about some yeah them themselves for once I know. yeah <laughs> 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 now um, we, we're missing a, a few people that I consider part of our family, and I've yeah. texted a few yeah. and and you know thanked them, but you know, I don't blame anybody for moving on oh, during yeah, this situation yeah. Yeah. and 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 they all know that they're welcome back at any time so
2: and the club is over at the uh, the NC music factory, and I know there's a obviously a working relationship with the, everybody over there. I haven't heard much about. That part of town? Are they, are they surviving? Is that a relationship that's still kind of working well with everybody?
1: Once Live Nation comes back to life, which they will, yeah. they received a massive um, loan slash investment. And so they're on good, solid footing. I think that'll bring the energy right back because if you guys remember, prior to COVID, they were smoking in there. I mean, there were two shows a night, you know, one in the Fillmore, one in the Um, amphitheater. And the underground. And the underground. underground, And so, you know, I feel confident that Live Nation has got a good handle on that. I think VBGB's is still doing well. Small I Bar's know. opening again small once we bars start coming See, yeah. that's
2: really what I was asking that's it, about. That's it. Yeah. That's I mean, That's all. I need Small Bar to be open. That was I my think, social life. Yeah. You
1: know? Wet Willie's is going to open as something else. It'll be something else. And, God, and, okay. I, and I was told what it was, and I'll be honest with you, I forgot, but I remember going, wow, that's a great get for them.
2: Oh, that's um, exciting. So
1: that, uh, the, the, the place that had butter and then the next place. It's going to be an art studio. It's going to be an art studio. Bar oh, really? yeah. art, but it's an art interactive Correct. like nightclub. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Really? yeah, Okay. Yeah, with like a Miami design, like a really. And they start using that courtyard yeah. again, and there's a serious person behind it. Really, that's yeah. really. Uh, world's open. The
4: world's already had shows. Okay. Yeah. Oh wow.
2: Mm-hmm. Okay. Well, I'm I'm excited about that because with the epicenter sort of really changing, I don't know if that's ever gonna come back t- to, to do what it, for it was. Offices
1: now, I believe. Yeah,
2: uh, I think that's an opportunity for. And seem, and that's got to be great for the for the club.
1: Yeah, now we're excited and, and and you know, doing this renovation is a reflection of how excited we are. Like that's yeah. how confident we are.
4: Yeah.
2: Wow. Well, it got me going. <laughs> that's amazing. What? Because you guys are still doing shows like with uh, the the uh, ballpark shows, mm-hmm. and I don't know if you guys done. Parking lot shows, but I know mm-hmm. there was a time where we were doing that over. We by, did one in Fillmore parking lot. Yeah, yeah. Uh, we did
1: some in Florida.
2: Do you think that kind of stuff is going to stay? I know I'm kind of. I don't know. I thought back, when,
1: during. I think we've done 50 ballpark shows, and what he's referring to is I've been renting AAA ball, baseball fields and doing tours with Rob Schneider, Fortune Feimster, Preacher Lawson. I'm in good negotiations with um, Jeff Dunham and Peanut, Something possibly about. Tommy Chong. Three months ago, six months ago, I was talking to a lot of parks that were like, look, mm-hmm. we want to just keep doing this. We're, we're way beyond a baseball field now. Yeah. We're an entertainment center. And I think I was confident that this would continue beyond COVID. I'm not as confident now. For two reasons. I think at some point comedians are going to tell me I don't want to work outside. Mm-hmm. It's just yeah. going to happen.
2: And that's for a lot of the same reasons that you're saying that the club was good. It's Correct. Because it's right. not necessarily conducive. Correct. For that I, environment I, that you want to create. I today. had
1: a 800 tickets sold in Dayton, Ohio two weeks ago and I had to cancel it because of rain. I mean, it mm-hmm. was like, oh, Lord. Yikes. And, you know, and it's, of course, it's, you know, that's within 48 hours. So you got to scramble. <laughs> it's a really neat environment yeah I mean, we've been having a ball with it when the, when those lights it's go different. on and and the the jumbotron it it's been cool. Um, but yeah. I don't know the answer to that. I, I think the comedians are obviously the ones that are going to make that decision. So I think the public will come out to see
2: whomever. Yeah, it seemed like that you know i did I did one of those shows with you. I thought it was fantastic, and everyone seemed to react well and, and yeah. enjoyed being there again circumstances were what they were. Anything else that's going to stick around, do you guys think? I mean, the, the virtual shows, is Zoom now just part of life now? Do you think that goes? I hope it goes. <laughs> Me
1: too. I think uh, it will go. There's really, no, there is no reason other than a global pandemic you should ever consume comedy over Zoom. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well... Tell us what you really think. I, I, b- I mean, but yes. I,
2: I got to be honest that's I I agree they've been very challenging shows and just
1: the art of stand-up comedy is an intimate connection in a, in a room yeah. between a crowd and a comedian and it, and that's the way it'll always be. Yeah. It, it just we believe me guys, we tried it. We, we tried it in yeah. every way shape and form. Um you know, the Q&A stuff worked, but The straight-up stand-up just didn't work. It just did not work. So the Q&A, we kind of evolved into that a little bit. Like a Johnny Carson interview type thing. Mm -hmm. And we worked a lot of big stars, and and a lot of them handled it really well. But it wasn't stand-up. The magic of stand-up, you guys know, is being in the room.
2: Yeah. Now, I, I kind of mentioned before laughing about small bar. For a lot of us, that is a big part of our social life. I mean, is that something that uh, lends the smile I mean, is that something we're excited about? <laughs> you like, know me well. Jesse. Yeah, man, like just getting back <laughs> Mike out. Mike Carter and small bar, right? <laughs> <laughs> right. Well, I was going to say, I remember how many times walking that's by, seeing you in there, there you know, way maybe pop in and say hi. I mean, that's just, that was part of, I, I can't wait for that to come back.
1: I can't wait to be able to just talk. Yeah, like those, 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 those. What would be considered throwaway conversations are now. I miss talking about basketball or stand up with you or whatever <laughs> right, it is yeah. in in any form. It doesn't have to be in a bar. It can be out in the parking lot. I right. just I, I I'm very grateful that we're getting another shot at this.
0: Yeah. And I remember seeing Reap and uh, Regan send out a couple tweets, and they, they were showing their pictures together, and it was in Small Bar. Oh, that's yeah, awesome. So it, and you could see it yeah. in the background, and I was like, God, I, I miss those days because yeah. the comics would always come to Small Bar after the show or yeah. whatever. and it was always something special that you could hang out and have a beer with them.
2: Yeah, it was a great – the Small Bar specifically what it is – Lended itself to that. It I did, think yeah. everyone just jamming in together. If yep. it was cold, didn't matter. Yep. Everything was open, and uh, it's just uh, so much fun. I can't. Wait. And I think uh, just across the country, I think we're seeing that it was just my social network was there. That's just what I did. It mm-hmm. didn't matter who. Um, and you guys know I was at the club every weekend. Ted, I annoyed you yeah. regularly, and the, oh, yeah, <laughs> in the that club all the time. time. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, he sure did, didn't he? <laughs> Are, are anybody uh, uh, knocking your door down about getting hosting gigs? Have I texted? I think I did, too, didn't I?
4: You sent
1: me an email.
2: An email. <laughs> See, I keep it professional.
1: Did he return that email? <laughs> <laughs>
2: With one word, probably. Uh, sure, or I'll try, so sure. or
0: uh, <laughs> maybe. I always do you. the maybe.
2: Yeah, <laughs> yeah maybe. So, all right, so let's, let's get back in a little bit more of the, the uh, comedy mindset. I ask uh, a lot of the comics who come through here. Pet peeves, what is your, we'll go around and say, what's your pet peeve with stand-up comedy? Whether it's the business side, what they do on stage, anything like that. What Put you guys on the spot. Go ahead, Ted.
4: Going past the light.
2: Going past the light. Too much time. That's just, I mean, you 30 seconds or? No, not 30 seconds. I mean, but I, I mean, I,
4: there are people that will shoot past 10 minutes and you're just <laughs> like, come on, come on, come on, come on, come on. And they see it. They yeah, oh there. yeah, yeah, yeah. They, they, they look to. past you. Right. You're like, no, come on.
2: Come they come want on. to be able to say when they get off stage, oh, I didn't see it. Yeah, oh, yeah. yeah. That's, that's a deal breaker for you.
4: I don't like it. <laughs> that's what it <laughs> sounded
2: like to me then. Len, you got any? I do. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> I'll stick with one, but the,
0: this one kills me, is when somebody, a comic, will take a gig, do the gig, and then after the gig is done, complain about taking the gig. <laughs> <laughs> so they'll yell at me about where it was or how they were treated or what really? the what money was or anything like that, and I was like, "Don't take the gig." Right. <laughs> but they don't do that until after the show. Right. So that's my big. I was, I'm, that's how I always say. It. You can always say no. No yeah. one's saying you go to Paducah and do a show. <laughs> <laughs> but if you do go, go do, do a, a show. Yeah. Camp. Yes. Yeah. And so that's my biggest one, is when they complain afterward, Right. especially if it's about the money, because I'm going to tell you what you're going to make. Sure, right. And then so they're like, wow, I can't believe that's what I got paid. Well, yeah, you can, because that's what I told you. <laughs> <laughs> so that's a big one for me.
2: I love it. How quickly will it be before that becomes super annoying again when you
0: Oh, it's there. It's already oh, there. Yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> it
2: is the no, COVID it's, proof, it's, that It's one.
1: welcome back. <laughs> not, a, not every gig is our Bahamas club. Yeah, right.
2: Yeah. Oh, boy. Yeah.
1: How, how is that, by the way? We just got an email today that we will be opening up the first week of July. Really? Mm-hmm. All right. Well, we're not 100% sure about but that. But we're, so. yeah. We're, <laughs>
0: no, no emails Everyth- yet. Everything uh, has an asterisk. Everything. Right. <laughs> uh, that's But exciting. they went through the, that huge hurricane, too. Oh, wow. Before COVID. Was it Rita? When it wiped out, it was horrible. It was no kidding. That oh, actually I'm, closed the Bahamas. Yeah,
2: really? Okay. And
0: then I'm, COVID came, so they got double crushed. Yep. So, yes. they're still not a hundred percent. I was talking to Shanda today, and she was like, "Oh no, there's it's still stuff tough to get stuff in here." And so, wow. Fingers crossed they opened in July. But yeah, they have a they have a lot to go through.
2: Yeah. Wow. All right, I, I that totally missed me on the. Uh, on that news. What, what about you, have you got uh, any, any pet peeves? I'm sure you got a couple in there.
1: I do plenty, but I think the thing that disappoints me the most and maybe not aggravates me is, is lazy writing and not being the comedian that you can be. Cause I see a lot of that and, and it has nothing to do with, you know, I think the, the thing that gets thrown around too much is this is a, this is a brutal industry and this, everything is. If you go try yeah. to open up an ice cream shop tomorrow, You're in for a brutal industry (laughs) because everybody who owns an ice cream shop is going to say, you just shouldn't get into the ice cream business. You have no idea how tough it is to buy that. And so that's a throwaway line. And and if you want to succeed in this business, you have to work hard and achieve and and push yourself and push the boundaries and just relying and falling back on lazy writing and lazy performing and not taking your customer for granted and not giving it your all. Every single successful comedian I work with understands that. They, they yeah. just cherish the fact that they have a shot to entertain. And they do everything in their power to make you laugh. And when I don't see it, it's more disappointing than anything. Yeah. I'm, just, I'm saddened because I'm like, hey, that person has talent. But right. the streets are lined with a lot of people with talent broke. <laughs> Whew, wow! Got dark again. Got yeah, it nice hey, listen—that cut. You
2: asked. <laughs> it's one of my favorite questions, a pet peeve. No, I mean that that, that cuts pretty deep. Uh, that's for all the comics listening. Pay, pay close attention. So, walking away as we're going to wrap things up here, you know, we, we we're at the far end of a of a really difficult year. What's the any any big lessons that we can uh, walk away from? I know we've covered a, a lot of ground and a lot of positive things, but any big lessons? for whether it be a comedian or your families or just how you handle life and hardship i
1: don't know i come back to that gratitude and just having so much gratitude to have my friends my family my health yeah. you know it's it was a really good time to you know to understand that health is important you know half a million people died in this in this country you know and and so that, that gratitude, I want to continue to be grateful when I wake up in the morning for what I got, yeah, you know, and not what yeah. I got, meaning look, my car, for what I got in terms of my connectivity between my friends, my coworkers, my family. And that, that's not going anywhere. I can yeah. tell that that is a permanent lesson from the COVID. And all the birds. And, and my all birds. All the birds. Mm-hmm. The, it's got the, a lot the of birds, birds
2: in Anybody else want to jump in on that, Lynn?
0: I agree. I think it's communication. I really yeah. do. Because when you didn't have it or you had pieces of it, that was a big part. So I thought, and Hef said it a couple times, we were really good at always at least talking. I mean, even if yeah. he called me up for 10 seconds, checking in, all right, we'll see you. I mean, that right. that made a big, big difference. And I think going forward, I don't think we should ever drop that.
2: Yeah. Uh, I love that. Yeah, knowing you're in it together. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think that's that's part of what that is was for me. We're in it together. Ted, any any thoughts on that? Big lessons. No. <laughs> no. no. I knew you were gonna be fiery. Ted's on like, here. what no. pandemic? What happened?
1: Yeah.
2: <laughs> he's like, I, he's like, I, my family. We had a great time. We yeah. were on yeah. vacation we had dinner for dinner every night. <laughs> I don't have any big lessons, though, because you guys have said it all and 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 said it so well. And on behalf of the community and Brian, I, I I truly want to say thank you guys for for doing what you guys did, and that you're that the club is going to open and it's going to be better than ever. And uh, the support system you guys have for comics here, myself uh, in particular, uh, I appreciate it. And I'm excited about 2021 and and beyond because we got we got great things coming, Brian. And I, I you want to jump in on anything there, buddy? I kind of feel like I've been chatted up.
3: Yeah, I think I'm, you know, I'm looking forward to getting back into the Comedy Zone and to seeing the, uh, you know, the new look of the Comedy Zone, uh, you know, seeing some new comics, looking forward to seeing what comics are going to do, you know, which ones, yeah. you know, are they going to take it to a new level or are they going to continue to That's do? It's a
1: great point, Brian, because I'm about? super excited because you guys have had a year to observe a whole lot more than just a okay. pandemic, which is Plenty of material, I would yeah. guess. There better be yeah. some material, but you know, we've, <laughs> shit. Yeah, yeah, if, yeah, <laughs> no, that, yeah getting back unreal. to my lazy part. If anybody starts showing up with the "What's the deal with traffic?" Yeah. I'm going to lose my mind. Yeah, who's Sharon? Yeah, Oh, yeah. My yeah God. Who's Sharon? <laughs> I
0: think it's time to get up I and mean,
1: walk out. You had a year. We have right. had political strife we have had global pandemic we have i mean it's just so much it's it's just fertile ground i mean i recorded a a quote the other day talking about a million premises or and a million bits are right there for everybody just go get them they're all right there that's what you guys do (laughs) i'm
2: i've been doing my best i've (laughs) i've i've not stopped so hopefully it's worth a shit though
1: when I actually get to
2: it this is a tough room uh, well listen guys thanks so much for coming uh, and being on the show the 300th episode thank you for providing a, you. A, that, that microphone for us to, to talk comedy and I know we have a lot of people that listen comics are always commenting uh, uh, on how much they like the shows and we're we're getting you know all these interviews back going so hopefully we can count on you guys to get some some of the headliners who are coming through we'd love to have them in here we can do it over zoom so they don't have to even be here mm. this is my my opportunity to plug and get my claws in you guys. Yeah, and say, and a
1: lot of uh, coming out of this, most are doing these um, interviews over Zoom, so everybody's getting comfortable with it. I think yeah. prior to that, it would have been a strange request, but now it's like, hey, that's what I do. I mean, mm-hmm. I just did a run with Preacher Lawson, and, and he's had to do you know two or three Zooms per gig yeah. So everybody's used to it. I think you're in a good spot. Good. And well, we, we can make it part of the, the
2: ask every time. Well, we're very excited. We uh, ho- Hopefully we can make that happen. Uh, guys, go to cltcomedyzone.com for a full schedule. Like I said, d- d- don't don't miss Ali uh, Sadiq. He's fantastic. And uh, thanks Paul for listening Hooper. to the – Yeah, Paul Hooper is the Our hometown hero,
1: um, Mike Spienberg, will be filming his comedy album special here in Charlotte at the end of the month and that's, a lot of things are happening. That's yeah. fantastic. Mike's Mike's wonderful. Uh,
2: very good. Well, that's that's been our show, guys. For Brian Baltashevitz, I'm Jason Allen King. Stay safe out there and we'll see y'all next week.
3: The Comedy Zone podcast is a production of Comedy Zone Worldwide and is recorded in a bunker just off the Comedy Zone showroom at the Abbott Exchange Music Factory in Charlotte, North Carolina. The executive producers of the Comedy Zone podcast are Brian Heffern and Brian Baltashevitz. Talent Wrangler is Mike Hall. Original music composed and performed by John McKeever.